welcome to the Teen Boss Babe podcast. I'm your host, Paola, founder of Socials by Paola and Teen Boss Babes. I'm obsessed with supporting young entrepreneurs on making their business dreams come true. Stick around with me and learn all about starting your journey, how to grow, how to be successful, other boss babe journeys, and my journey. Now, let's get into being a Teen Boss Babe. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Teen Boss Babes podcast. Today we have Emily. Emily's a YouTuber, podcaster, content creator, and business owner. I know, right? She does it all. I'm so excited to learn more about her story and I hope you guys are as well. Hi, Emily. Thanks for being here hi girl how are you i'm super good how are you i'm doing well thank you and thank you for reaching out to me to have me on the podcast i'm excited of course i'm excited to learn more about your stories and i hope my listeners are excited to learn more about you and what you do because you literally do everything (laughs) (laughs) thank you so i just want to get quick to the questions because i feel like I want to inform and I want to learn so much about you already. So I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah, definitely. Ask away. Okay. So feel free to tell us just who you are and what you do. Yeah. So hi, everyone. My name is Emily Elizabeth Duong. And essentially, I'm a full-time corporate business consultant. I am also a business owner as well as a content creator and host of my own podcast on the What Fulfills You podcast. I grew up in a very small town on the East Coast in Pennsylvania, and uh, before kind of doing everything I do today, I was a competitive figure skater for about 12 years, and I was also a competitive tennis player for about 10 years. So um, essentially, I was an athlete, and that's uh, the background that really built um, how I started my business, Elite Skatewear. And that business is a brand where I have um, created custom figure skating dresses and designs for skaters and customers to be able to purchase and utilize us as their dressmaker. And uh, from there, I've expanded obviously into different projects. And today, I'm just doing it all, like you said. I love that. I love how you went from such a small town and and it's something we're going to talk about um, because I feel like a lot of people do go from a small town to a big city and they do follow their dreams. And that's exactly why I wanted you on my podcast because I was like looking on like your website and your Instagram and I was like, she really is living her dreams. Like she achieved her dreams and she achieved everything she wants to. And I know it's a perfect fit for this podcast because that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I want to motivate teens out there and more that I heard that you started your journey at 16. So I feel like that's amazing. So I want to know a little bit more about how did you start your journey with business, uh, figure skating, anything about like starting your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. So when it came to starting my business, I think a, a big thing that I always realized about myself is I've always had a natural tendency, um, I guess, as an entrepreneur. Um, personally, I don't really always love to call myself an entrepreneur. I do think that word is overused nowadays. So I do try to actually steer away from you know calling myself that, but I do have entrepreneurial tendencies. And what I mean by that is kind of looking back when I was a kid, I was always very natural at selling and wanting to sell. So I remember I had a lemonade stand during the summer. I also used to sell like these erasers to my classmates in fifth grade. I used to make study guides from all my notes and I would sell it to my classmates in middle school and high school and so forth. So that's something I always picked up on as a kid. 
And moving into, you know, being in the sport of figure skating for over 10 years, I eventually became a teenager. And when you're a teenager, you do a lot of things um, that are typically what your parents don't want you to do or, or what people tell you not to do. And so for me, naturally, I said, I don't like any dress or design that I see out there. And custom dresses are so expensive. Typically, they're, you know, even up to a thousand, just kind of like a wedding dress. It's custom. And to me, I said, mom, is there a way that I could, you know, tell someone the colors I want, you know, and put together different styles that I like and make it my own? And she said, you know, at first she was like, well, that's a lot of work. But later on, we learned that it was more cost effective that way. And long story short, I got a lot of compliments on my first design, first dress I wore to my competition. And later on, I was like, hey, mom, I think um, I could actually sell this. What if I made multiple ones of these and, you know, made this as a business? And I started selling on eBay. And then as I went into college, I still continued it on. And junior year of college was when I was like, okay, I need to make a website for myself and really scale this up because just selling it on eBay is not going to cut it for me. So eventually I made my own website. I sold online and then eventually I reached out to, you know, retail partners, essentially people who owned retail stores to sell skating products in there. So I reached out to them and ever since then I've been scaling and I'm in stores stores worldwide now, which is awesome. That's so cool. I didn't even know you were in stores. I feel like that's such a big honor and I wonder how that feels being able to know that you're in a store. Um, but I also love how you mentioned that you started when you were really young, if that was selling erasers, like mm -hmm. that is really young, especially elementary school. And I know when I was little, I would always be like, oh my God, friends, like, do you want to buy like an eraser, cute, cute eraser I got at the bookstore? Or it was always like, oh, I made these bracelets. Do you want to buy some? So mm -hmm. I feel like it's super cool to hear that people also had it when they were young and they bring up you know, their experiences and their past and they're able to, you know, learn new skills for the future. And I feel like that's exactly what you were talking about. So I want to know why you explained a little bit why you chose your skating and all that. So what was your mind that first time you said, oh, I need to create my own and your mindset after you sold your first? How did you feel? Yeah, so I think that mindset I have when I first said I want to create my own is the same kind of mindset I have in my everyday life. Um, I'm going to be really honest. I think I am the type of person that you either really love or you really hate. And the reason being is because I am the type of person that does things that not everyone does, um, not because I want to do something not everyone does, but because that's just my natural personality. I don't necessarily follow the rules. Um, and it's just simply because I think sometimes um, what people tell us to do is not always necessarily the right thing. And I'm the type of person that wants to do the right thing or the right thing for me. And I'm just a firm believer that not what everyone gives you or tells you is necessarily the right thing. So that's kind of my mindset. And that's kind of how I started, you know, doing the dresses because I said, I didn't see anything that really fit my style and fit my vibe on ice. So that's kind of where I just out of nowhere, I was like, Hey mom, do you think I could create my own? And you know, we started from there. So I was 16. Um, and then when I first sold my, my first one on eBay, 
I was just like ecstatic. I think it's one of those feelings. It's like a high really um, where when you sell something and you know that you put in the work of, you know, writing the description, taking the stock photos, editing, and, you know, really reaching out to people and marketing it. Um, and obviously at such a young age, when I first did it, I think it was like such a cool experience. And I really um, used that as a hobby during college, during high school, I mean, um, to kind of build up later on as a business today. Um, without having done that in high school, I wouldn't, I don't think have been able to scale it the way I've done today and been so business savvy um, right off the bat. I love how you were trying to get out of the ordinary type of vibe. Um, same here for me. I knew that these Facebook groups that are for entrepreneurs or anyone who wants to start their business, I was like, okay, these are cool. But I was like, there's nothing for anyone my age. Like there's nothing for me. And that's kind of like the reason why too, I created Team Boss Bakes because I know there was something that wasn't fitting my vibe. And I wanted to go a little bit out of the ordinary and start that. And I love how you said that because that's the reason behind that you wanted to choose another design and create your own designs and create something that wasn't seen in the world of figure skating, which is something that you were able to make that impact for. So mm -hmm. when you initially thought of starting your figure skating um, clothing and designing, did you ever think you were going to make an impact in people? And when someone told you, oh my God, you changed my life. I love what you created. What was the feeling for that? I think that feeling is just so invaluable. And I think as I became older, I really learned that that is my why and why I do business and why I have elite skatewear. Um, I think a huge misconception, a lot of, you know, I hate to say it, but like wannabe entrepreneurs or people who want to have their own business, a lot of them kind of come in with the idea of like seeing this future of, okay, five to 10 years down the line, it'll make me a lot of money. And certainly that's the nature of business. That's what business does is it makes you money. But I think that because I started so young and I started, you know, making money at an early age, I think I naturally never felt like truly fulfilled by that. And when the first time someone, you know, was actually a mom too, and obviously most people don't really know how old I am um, as the owner. They don't really um, you know, realize that I was actually only just a recent college grad and that I'm a previous competitive skater. I do try to keep that separate from the business for my customer. Um, but I remember the first time a skating mom said, wow, we love this so much. Like you are a lifesaver. You really make our daughter feel happy, et cetera. Um, I think that's when I just realized like, that's my why. Um, and I love being able to impact people, even though it's just a dress at the end of the day, there's a skater that you know, I was once in their shoes, they're wearing that on ice, they're competing, they're doing something they love. And I connect with that. So um, that's kind of how I feel about, you know, that feeling of or hearing someone say, wow, you really made a huge impact on us. Um, even though, you know, to the outside world, it's like, wow, it's just a dress, you know? Yeah, I, I love that. I feel like we're relating so much right now, because I feel the same when I want to impact someone. For example, when I started my business, I I'm 16, so a lot of people might think, oh, yeah, I started because I want to make money and I, I want to be rich by before I go to college and I don't want to go to college. That's why I'm going to start my business. But no, like I started everything because I love helping people. Just like you said, like that feeling when you impact someone or that feeling when someone sends you a message and saying, thank you, you changed 
um, you changed my life, you changed my channel. I feel like that's really, really important. And I love how we're able to connect with that because I feel like that's a really big reason for your why. That's also a big reason for my why. So I love that. I've never seen, I've never like connected with someone like that, that their why yeah. was to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also want to know because I started my business at 16 and I know everyone has different experiences on starting and marketing and all that. So what was it like for your, for you and your experience starting your business at 16? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's all a learning progress and, you know, you learn as you go. But for me, I just think that, like I said, it always came very naturally to me um, doing business and doing my own thing. I think especially because skating and tennis itself are sports that are not necessarily with a team. Um, You know, I'm always on ice by myself. I'm always on the court by myself and I'm competing by myself. And so doing business as well was very already by nature, you know, very felt innate to me, um, you know, being an owner by myself and learning the ropes by myself. And I, so I think that's just kind of my overall feeling was it felt very natural and it felt, you know, very just like it felt aligned with who I am. I think there are certain things that we try, for example, if I were to try to paint or be an artist, um, that would not fit me. I would not only not be great at it, but I just would get bored very easily. And I think those, um, you know, there are things in life that we feel, you know, not very lit up about. And I think it's so important to take note of that, um, especially those who are listening and do, you know, want to do something in this business world in a sense that, you know, I advise to take a step back and evaluate you know, does that actually feel natural to you? Or are you just feeling this, you know, sense of inspiration for a couple months because you watch other people do it? I think it's super important to see what you're naturally good at and capitalize on that versus trying to be like someone else because you are inspired by what they do. I tell people, if this is what you love and you know you're never going to get bored of it, then go ahead and do it. But I also do see people in that perspective and it happens that they start something and they start you know, they love creating mood boards for a month, for example. Um, And then they start a business of mood boards, but in three months, they're going to get tired because they weren't passionate about it. And I also tell people that like, your passion is going to bring you what you what you wish to have. And if you don't have that passion in what you're doing, it's you're not going to see, you know, progress, and you're not going to be successful, and you're not going to want to be there for a long time, because it's just something you're not, you know, so into. And Mm -hmm. relating to that, also saying that you put your business in the same perspective of something you're passionate about or you are passionate about, which is skating. And that that that's like the whole reason why I've been able to see that your business has grown. And you also mentioned your business has grown because it is a passion of yours and how you're able to relate with these customers or these girls that are buying your suits and wearing them and everything it's just a connection. And was that kind of like also like the reason why you want to create them? Like, did you want to create each one differently? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when it comes to the designs, I just, I always got inspired or motivated by seeing other styles, but I never liked fully 100% of what one particular style or dress looked like. And so naturally, just like any designer out there, you know, we all know this, like Steve Madden, you know, Mark Jacobs, all these different designers, they kind of feed off of each other. And that's why we always see similarities between designers. Um, And that's kind of like the natural thing is like, for me, 
I got, um, you know, inspiration from kind of sneak peeks of other designs, but I really tailored it to my own style, which at the end of the day kind of comes into my, my daily life as well is very sleek and modern. So I wanted that to be for elite skatewear because elite is kind of, you know, the word itself really means, you know, kind of high up and very competitive, top notch and, and everything. And so I wanted people to feel elite when they were wearing this. And I wanted the, the designs to, you know, be modern and have style and, but also have like this emotional connection. Like, you know, for example, a, a common music that people skate to is Romeo and Juliet. And that's one of my favorite performances I've ever skated um, back when I was 17. And I have created multiple designs for that one song. And I think there are so many different ways people can interpret what Juliet's supposed to be, whether she's supposed to be fierce, whether she's supposed to be really soft. And so I've created different variations for it. And I think that's kind of what I like about, you know, this, this brand I have is being able to create different views of one performance and how someone can appear on ice. I love that. I feel like all your answers are so descriptive and so motivating because I love how you said that you want, you also incorporated like a dress with the song with, which might be a little hard to do because you have to create it for a song and especially you have three different designs. Like you could have just had one, but I feel like that's incredible that you personally designed it for a song and also a song that you loved dancing to. So mm-hmm. that. That's amazing. How was it to move from a small town to a big city, to California? Um, Because I know there's a lot of girls that do live in a small city and they want to move, you know, to the big city, to LA, to New York for college or just to, you know, move on and do their future somewhere else. How was that for you? Yeah, I think moving to California was always... um, in my sights since I was 13. Um, So it was for quite a few years that I knew I was going to be out in California one way or another. So I think naturally I've always done a lot of research on California. I've always done a lot of research on, you know, how much it costs, you know, how much rent costs and things like that. So personally, I would advise to really know the basic information about the place that you do aspire to live or move to. So if it is Los Angeles or New York City, you got to really understand how much the rent is, you know, maybe go on YouTube and watch people explain the moving process, explain, you know, what it's like to rent from a, you know, from, from a landlord or from a, you know, apartment company, things like that. Um, And then also just have a general plan for like when you're going to move, you know, if you're going to have a car, if you're going to ship your car there, things like that. I think those are things that are going to prove that you are essentially adult enough, Um, you know, at least in your parents' eyes, especially. I do think if anyone who, if we're relating this to moving to another city for college, I think it's going to be super impressive to your parents if you do that research on your own, because that, that helps them build the trust that you're going to be okay in the other city. So that's what I did personally. And when I moved to Orange County, um, I just kind of knew already what I was going to do, where I was going to live, all of that. And from there, that's, in my opinion, how I was able to successfully um, create a life for myself out here. Thank you for mentioning that because I've seen YouTube videos because I am personally moving to Los Angeles for um, college next year. Yeah, (laughs) next fall. And I was always researching YouTube videos and looking like, oh, what does it really cost? And I see a lot of like resources. You click on a video and they don't really mention 
how much it really is to live somewhere else and especially how much it is to you know be able to support yourself because your family's not going to be there with you if you're moving you know across the country or another city it's it's you're on your own so having to show that you're an adult and researching and all that I feel like it's really important because like you said you were able to research all that and look at where you are now you're in Orange County living in Orange County knowing what you're doing you had a plan and you're living through this plan and I feel like that's really, really important for anyone that is planning on moving or, you know, in their future want to move somewhere. Um, you also went to college, which is really interesting because a lot of people who do start their business, they're anti-college and anti, you know, going to school and getting a degree. So what college did you go to? And did, did college help you, you know, open your doors to new opportunities or did you learn new, new, new techniques from college? Like how did college help you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, college for sure is something that I always wanted to experience. I think that, like I said, just like there are so many people that say follow your passion, I again disagree that, you know, naturally um, business owners or people who aspire to be an entrepreneur don't go to school. I do agree. I think, in a sense, if you are already so built and well off to be, you know, you're innovating in, co in, co in high school, I mean, to the point where you're making almost six figures before you go to college, then yes, that's clearly by the numbers can prove, you know, to anyone that perhaps not going to college is the better um, decision. Um, but for most people, even if they have entrepreneurial tendencies, I do think going to college is a really good fit, not only for the experience, because you cannot get that experience back. I think from 18 to 22 is just a very unique time. So for me, a big takeaway from college, and I went to Chapman University, by the way, so it's in Orange, California. It's a small private school. Um, and at first I hesitated to go there because I didn't know if going to a school with such a small population or small student population was a good fit for me. It was only like 10,000 kids. But in the end, it was such a valuable experience. Um, not only did I meet so many lifelong friends, I can guarantee it, but very like-minded people. The school itself um, is very innovative. So I do think that the school is almost like built on entrepreneurship in a sense, um, where people take that innovative mindset and apply it to whatever field they're in, even if they're going to be a nurse or going to go into science or art or whatever. I think the people that lead my school have a very innovative way of thinking and way of doing and teaching um, the philosophy of academics. So I think that was a great start for me. But, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, being a business owner, like I said, it typically kind of comes natural. You have the natural tendency. So for me, being able to balance it with school was a huge, huge advantage. I think so many people think that you need to allocate all day, all night to your business. Um, and I think if you're 18 years old or 17 or whatever, I think it's going to be so much more valuable if you do have school and you know that you only have, let's say, four hours, five hours a day to allocate to your business or whatever it is that you're working on. Because you are going to value those four to five hours way more and you're going to spend each of those hours very carefully. Whereas in my experience, as well as seeing what other people have said as well, when, when you're young and you have so much hours that you can do on your business, 
90% of the time, people don't spend those 8, 10, 12 hours on their business. Half the time it's on their phone. Half the time it's like trying to refresh their brain. Um, again, it's all very natural. So I do recommend in the end going to school if you can, you know, of course, afford it. If you have the option to, I think it's such a great experience. And I think it's going to be really vital for people as well, especially with the current, I guess, social culture in being able to communicate with people. I think so many people are on social media today and need to learn how to be out there and communicate with people in person. And I do think that college gives you that foundation. I love that. Thank you for sharing it because I love learning what other people's experiences were with college because um when I had my first ever podcast interview someone asked me they were like oh are you going to college and I was like is it just because I have a business I shouldn't be going to college but I feel like it's just something that I guess is stereotypical for someone that has a business that oh I need to focus on my business and I can't go to college and I can't you know do something else but like you were saying it's there is more than you know just having your business like you can do more while being in college and you learn skills going to college and you learn you have experiences that are life like lifetime experiences so I love that you share that as well as you saying that valuing your time in my experience right now that we had a whole month break of um, spring break was a whole month it was so weird because I would dedicate my whole day to work for my businesses but it didn't really feel like I was actually working because I was taking time off on my phone or watching YouTube and this and this and that. And it, and when I was actually in school and having class, I would dedicate, you know, like you said, those four to five hours to actually work on something and get something done. So I love how you share that too, because it's also an experience that people go through and it's something that happens when you do have, you know, things to balance. So going on with balancing things, how are you able to balance everything that you do? Another great question. For me, balance, I would say, to be really honest, kind of speaking on what I said earlier, is that I balance better when I know that I have no time to waste. So especially as well, since I still work an eight to five job right now, which I am actually so grateful for, um, you know, especially with the current economic climate and how most people have lost their jobs. I am extremely grateful to still have my corporate job, um, mainly because this job has given me so much flexibility in being able to still manage my business. Um, so that's a huge key. But when I know that I have eight to five is, you know, my corporate life and, and whatnot. And, you know, after work, I work out all these things. I know that I have very limited hours to do my business podcast and everything else. And that makes me so, um, so much more sharp in what I do, but also it makes me so much more focused. My phone's off. Like it, it's actually off. Like I don't just say it's off, you know? And I think there's so many people that say, yeah, I turn my phone off or I put it on to do not disturb mode. And 70% of the time they're actually scrolling on their phone, you know, and that's natural. We get distracted, but because I have so much on my plate, I actually don't have time to waste. And I think my biggest problem with anything in life, whether it's for myself or with other people is having accountability. If I say I'm going to have a podcast up every Wednesday, it's going to be up every Wednesday and there's no excuse for it. Um, this probably comes from my, my upbringing as an athlete. Like I never missed practice. I, you know, I showed up to the rink even when I didn't feel like it. And I think that's the same mentality I have. So it's probably a big part in how I grew up as an athlete, but 
more importantly, I just, my word is very valuable. So when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Um, and I think that's how I've been able to balance everything. I love you knowing that you have to value your time to do something is the way that, you know, you push yourself to actually focus those certain hours that you have because it does happen. It happens to me. I say I'm going to work one hour on, you know, my website and 10 minutes or 20 minutes of that hour, I'm on my phone scrolling and I told myself, no, I'm going to leave my phone off. So I love how you're able to stick, like have your mentality be like, no, like I'm focusing on that. And especially that you were committed to a sport before and having that, you know, tendency of before having to go to every practice, never mix miss anything has been able to help you with your business. And I love that too. So you also have a blog which I love I was checking it out and I was like it's so aesthetically pleasing it's so cute I want to go through it all day so what was it like starting your blog like how did you find your topic your theme your aesthetics anything how did you start your blog yeah well thank you uh, for your compliments on the blog um you know kind of a natural theme in everything I've done in life is that majority of the time it's just natural to me I think with writing, writing my thoughts out, I think that's something that always came natural to me. Um, I started my blog in summer of 2017, so almost three years ago now. And I started it out, you know, very basic. I use like the free WordPress. I use the free themes. And I just wrote about my thoughts. I wrote about things that was on my mind. Um, at the time, I was also going through an extremely difficult breakup um, with someone that I lived with, who was my partner. And um, I think I just used the blog as a platform to share my thoughts and to share with people what I was doing to get better, to improve myself. And, you know, if the tips help them, great. And if not, like, don't read the blog. So over time, I, I never really created it to please anyone I never created it hoping that it would become, you know, part of me as like a business or whatever. I, I never wanted to be like, oh, I do blogging, you know, full time. Like if it came, it happened naturally. And if it didn't, like that was never my intention either way. But obviously over the years, um, you know, talking about my thoughts and my mindset. And as I graduated college, I naturally started talking about how I've built my, my life in college, how I've built it after college. And I think those topics have really stuck with people a lot. A lot of people would send me questions and DMs saying, hey, I learned a lot from this blog post. And I would use that as kind of my market research to understand, okay, people like to read my blog for these specific things. And good thing, I love writing about it. So I'm going to continue to write about the things that people keep telling me they like reading about. So I would say that's kind of how it came about. But like I said, in the end, the theme of it all has always been very just natural to who I am. Um, but when it comes to the aesthetic of the blog, it is very kind of neutral, minimalistic. Um, I use tan like type types of colors. And again, that's just because that's what appeals to me. And I, and I advise anyone, if you want to do something like anything, not just a blog, like go with what feels natural to you. Like, you know, when you look at a shirt, on a mannequin, you you either like it or you don't. So it's like the same thing when you're when you're doing something, when you're looking at something, you can tell if you if it feels right to you or not. When I was starting my website, I was always super confused on, you know, I see people with these really aesthetically pleasing websites, and I was just like, oh my god, like I have to live up to that aspect. But I was just telling myself, no, like 
if I'm proud of what I came out with and what I created and it's something that I like, for example, my colors, my fonts, they're unique to me because there's something that I don't see and I like. That's why I chose them. And I love how you said that because you chose stuff that fit you and who you are and basically what you would click on. So I love learning about that. And also going off your blog, you also recently just started your podcast, which is What Fills You. So what was what is your podcast all about? What do you talk about on there? What um like what what goes on in your podcast? Yeah, so um I actually did previously have a podcast with another co-host, but um this year I did start my own brand new one and this was about 2 months ago, so yes, in February or so. And yeah, the podcast is called the What Fulfills You podcast and it is essentially talking all about life fulfillment um, through professional careers, um, having relationships, and just, you know, building the mindset and kind of cultivating that all together. I think those are three core topics that have always been very important to me. And I want to be able to speak with other people who I personally can, you know, vouch for and say, I see that within them, that they have found fulfillment in life. Um, and I do try to steer, like I said, I do try to steer away from just the entrepreneurial aspect um, because I do think there are so many people that are great examples that have found fulfillment in life in different areas. So um, yeah, that's kind of pretty much what the podcast is about. I love that. I also, like in the beginning, I was saying, I don't know if I said in the podcast or I was telling you before we started that I listened to your podcast and I I love it. For example, I love the topics that you talk about and it's kind of something that not every podcast is always talking about because it's either an entrepreneurial podcast or it's like just someone chatting with their friends and I love how I was able to learn from your something different that isn't so ordinary and I feel like that's also what makes your podcast very unique and very different from others that you have like your own concept and your own topics that maybe someone else doesn't have and that is something also that you like and it's a topic that you can relate to and you could share advice to which is what I love and that is also the reason why I started this podcast the team boss bay podcast because I wanted to share other entrepreneurial stories or just anyone's story on how they got to where they are now because I feel like it's really important like I said in the beginning to learn what other people go through and how they got to where they are now and how you listeners can also have those dreams and goals and you know, be somewhere that you want to be. And it's good listening to other people's stories because that's how I usually get motivated knowing that other people, you know, also struggled or other people also had to go through this. So I would just want to say thank you for sharing all that throughout the podcast. Yeah, awesome. So I got some a little bit of community questions from my followers. Um, so I would love to ask you some questions from them if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Okay, so the first community question that I got is from Amber J. So she asked, we kind of already answered this, um, but how do you balance everything? So I'm pretty sure she's talking about like um, school and having a corporate, well, you don't go to school anymore, but having a corporate job, having your blog, like coming up with blogs, um, blog content, coming up with podcast content. How do you ma balance everything? 
Yeah, I think on top of what I said earlier, a big, big help for me is being able to plan out my schedule ahead of time. So I usually plan my weekly schedule either on the Friday before or the Sunday before. So like today, for example, is a Sunday. Um, I might plan my upcoming week later today. So that's a huge way for me to keep balance. And I like to visualize what my week looks like and how each day looks like. So I do break it down into each um, section. So I actually use Google Calendar for this. I do recommend it, especially if you are in college or going to be in college. I think having a digital calendar is so uh, vital, but I will admit I used to use a physical planner and that was super helpful as well. But I do actually have a video on YouTube on how I, you know, time manage and kind of do color coding and all that in Google Calendar. So I would recommend checking it out. But yeah, I'd say Google Calendar on top of everything else is a big way for me to visualize each activity I have for that day and that week and how I can balance it all. Thank you for that. I hope Amber will be able to learn a little bit about that. So the next community question that we have is from Deborah. She asks, do you look at daily inspirational photos and do they actually give you inspiration? Yeah, so daily inspirational photos. Um, I will admit, I actually do try not to watch other people that much. I think the reason being is a quote that I actually live by. Um, I forget who I heard it from. Is It's kind of along the lines of, be like Michael Phelps. When Michael Phelps was competing at the Olympics, um, he was never looking at other people in different lanes. He was always focused only on his, his lane. So stay in your own lane and be like Michael Phelps. So that's kind of how I'm like nowadays. I really just try to focus on myself. I know that a lot of people say that, but I do genuinely take that to heart. And um, I kind of find inspiration within myself when I listen to people that I um, look up to, whether on a podcast or audiobook. Um, and I, you know, that's, that's kind of how I get my inspiration. But um, sometimes I go through Pinterest and I'll, I'll find some quotes and whatnot, but I'm not as much about, you know, the positive quotes I'm more about um quotes kind of about the mindset and how to be like training for something so I, I really look up to people like Kobe Bryant um you know obviously unfortunately he's not here with us anymore but he is someone like I'd say Kobe Bryant is a great example of someone that I look to if I were to ever look for inspiration or look for a quote from thank you I love that I also can relate to that because I I do look at inspirational quotes, but it's not that I really like take inspiration about it. And it is like learning from other people. And I feel like I also learn more about like from quotes and from people's experiences than looking at a, you know, daily post that says, oh, believe in yourself today, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, so the next questions are from Ludres and she asked a couple questions, which I loved and they're really good. So the first one is, how did you get to the point where you are now? Do you have any tips for that? Yeah, great, great question. So um, it is all like a stepping stone, I think, in getting to where I am today. So kind of to reiterate what I'm doing exactly today, like, you know, tomorrow's Monday, I'll give you an example of what my day looks like. So from eight to five, I work my corporate job. After that, I typically work out. Um, let's say we're not in quarantine right now. Um, I would be like after work, I'd be heading to my workout studio, whether it's Soul Cycle and whatever. And after that, I come home and I eat dinner and I start 
you know, answering emails for my business. Um, I get the orders going. I pack any that I need to ship out. And then I also start working on anything related to my blog or podcast. Um, so obviously I have multiple things going on today. How I got to that point was, you know, whatever I felt drawn to, you know, my blog, for example, felt really natural in 2017. I started it and I just went with it. I didn't think too much into it. Same thing with the podcast. When I started it, I, I just felt very drawn to doing it. It felt very aligned to me. So one day I just started putting my ideas together, got the cover made, launched it and kept going with it. So um, I think anytime there's something that's calling you, instead of trying to figure out how to do it perfectly and how to make it look like this or you know how to live up to some standard that you think is some sort of standard just just ignore all of that and just do it like don't ask the question on how to start a blog just go on wix or wordpress or whatever platform you want to use and click create account that's how you get started and then that's how you end up I guess, you know, if you want to compare it to me, that's how I ended up where I am today. I just started. I love that. That's amazing because I also feel like that's really important to know that it's just clicking that one button that says create a website now or, you know, create an Instagram page. That one step is going to change your life and change what you're doing and start, you know, pursuing your goals that you have. So thank you for answering that. The next question that she had was, how do you stay motivated when a video that you work so hard on doesn't do so good? Mm, great question. So it's funny because one of my recent videos, which was an apartment tour, like had my most views ever. Um, you know, if we're talking about views and, and video, I'm assuming she's talking about YouTube. Um, I actually don't really let it get to me. I think, look, at the end of the day, it's the same thing as, you know, the likes on a photo, the views on an Insta story, the comments, it's all of that. And at the end of the day, especially right now, it's a great example um, with quarantine and, and COVID-19, you got to understand there's so much bigger things to life than having 200 likes or a thousand views or whatever, because there's people dying today and from COVID-19 and more importantly, we're not even able to leave our house. So not to be mean, but if anyone out there is really so concerned that their photo didn't hit 300 likes realize that you're not able to live, leave your house. So what is more important to you, getting 300 likes or leaving your house and going back to normal life? I think that's a great way to evaluate, um, you know, if these social media platforms are even healthy for you because um, I'm on these platforms because those numbers don't get to me and I still get the same brand deals, um, you know, that I've always gotten. So to be really fair, um, it just doesn't get to me. Thank you for answering that because I know it it does get to a lot of people. For example, when I started my journey on posting on Instagram and such, it would hit me if I wouldn't hit so many likes or so many follows followers. And I feel like it what what you stated is really important that there's more important things than you know hitting three hundred likes. So thank you for that, and I hope Lourdes will be able to learn a lot from that. The last community question that we have is how do you market your brand slash YouTube successfully? Do you have any tips for that? Yeah, so when it comes to marketing my brand, which I have now uh, really tied into just my name, Emily Elizabeth, um, I think the way I market it is 
just again going with what aligns with who I am. So um, I understand who my audience is. I understand the type of people that actually find my content valuable, and I just do it repeatedly. Um, it's like the same thing. It's like you gotta do trial and error to figure out what works and what doesn't. Sometimes you'll see people react more to this photo versus this photo. For me, for example, I'll give a great example. I always notice that people don't really respond well to photos when I post um, something that doesn't have like me in the photo. If it's just a photo of like the city or something, it typically doesn't do as well. And the question comes down to if I care or not. So those are things that I do to kind of test whether if my market and my audience will like it. Um, and I continue just to post things that my audience already likes and try to reach the people that would also like the same thing. Thank you. I'm totally going to put into consideration those tips because those are amazing. So coming to the end of the podcast, I love always asking what advice do you have for anyone who wants to start anything? So the first one would be, what advice would you give teens who want to start their own podcast? If you want to start your own podcast, I think my three main tips is know the reason why you're starting it. Um, you know, I actually read a blog post about this recently, but you have to just know that the reason you're doing it has nothing to do with how it makes you look. People are starting a podcast right now, so I think it's great, but you have to have like a why. Like what value does your podcast bring to the rest of the world? Um, so I think that's a huge question that you should be able to answer and if you don't have a clear-cut answer then you might need to reevaluate um, my second tip would be just to um know just to start for example i think so many people wait too long don't try to you know i did this my first time around having the first first podcast like over a year ago um but don't try to like plan ahead too much I think planning two months ahead is fine, but trying to have like a launch date that is six months ahead, honestly, I think it's really dumb. Um, third thing would be to know the audience that you're talking to and don't try to steer away from it. Because if you are a teenager trying to start a podcast, I'm going to be really honest with you, no 25-year-old is going to really listen to your podcast. That's just the true honesty. And um, you have to really know that going into it. So if you are, I don't know, 16 or so like you are, then you should know that your podcast is going to be um, more so listened to people 16 and younger, um, just because that makes more sense to those people, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And that also like kind of relates to people thinking that, oh, I'm going to start something and I'm going to hit someone that's, you know, over 20 something. For example, I know that I'm my target audience is in their teens because it is for teens. And I don't expect anyone, you know, over the age of like 21 or 22 listening to my podcast because it is for teens. And if they do listen to it, I'm really appreciative for it. But it's not like my expectation is for it to be someone older than my age, if that makes sense, because it is for teens. So I love that. Thank you. And then the last question that we have and is what advice would you give teens who want to start a blog? Similar answer to my to the podcast question. I would say first thing, just create it. Don't think about it. Don't don't think about the website theme. Don't think about how to make it design look pretty. Just start it. Um, and also don't overthink the writing process. You know, 
the first time around, people are like, oh my God, I don't know what I want my blog to be about. I don't know what I want the core topics to be. My advice, stop thinking about it. Whatever comes to mind that day, just write. And that's exactly what I do. If you wonder how I get all these topics written out, I will be vacuuming my house and suddenly I'll be like, oh, the other day someone asked me about how, how to start a podcast. And they asked me to write a blog about it. Let's, let me do that like right now. And I'll literally stop. I stopped. This is a true story. I stopped vacuuming my apartment and I went to my computer and I started writing. That's literally my process. And I'm not going to lie. I would say for a lot of true writers, it's kind of the same. They get inspiration in the shower when they're about to go to bed. It happens at random times and you just have to write. And I think, you know, you want to build a couple posts first and get a feel of what it's like to write. Don't think about Again, so many people might compare to me or might compare to someone else who's doing who's been blogging for 10 years. If you are 16 and you're just starting to blog, do it for fun. Don't don't think into it too much. I think the biggest obstacle is to stop overthinking. I think we all get in that habit, but I'm here to remind you, don't overthink it. Just do it. Thank you. I love how that also ended our podcast. That was a really positive thing. And I hope Um, my listeners were able to learn so much from your story and I know I learned so much and I was able to see your perspective on starting a business as a teen which is really really cool and I thank you so much for being on this podcast it means so much to me and yeah so feel free to tell everyone where they can find you awesome so I am on Instagram so my my Instagram is at Emily E Duong Duong is spelled D-U-O-N-G and then my podcast Insta is at What Fulfills You Pod. And then um, you can find all like the links to my podcast as well as my blog on either of the links in the bio of those Instagrams. Thank you so much. It means so much to have you on my podcast. And I, I'm really excited for, to post this podcast and for listeners to hear about it. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed learning about Emily's story and my story. Now, don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. See you next time. Bye.